need some help? Boop, 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 beep, 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 partner! No, why not? I told you, I don't want you as a partner. But listen, man, just think of the way that we could help one another out. Thought about it. No! Welcome to Cheap Podcast episode number 70. This is the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. I am your host, Dave. Thank God Lucha Underground is getting a season three run. And I am Henry Sierra Mierdo <laughs> Gilbert. You did the hand signals, let it be known to uh, yes. the to the listeners. Uh, he is number yeah. seeing Pentagon Jr. back yeah. in full action reminded me of how he is the greatest. Yeah. He really is. And there's still a chance that we could see that live at some point. I was worried because uh, with a season yeah. three coming, now it is a chance. Yeah. So I don't think I even brought this up on the podcast uh, before we get into the, all the results of the week. But yeah, like I I had reserved tickets to the I guess January 30th show, which was like not Lucha it Underground was the one Lucha, right before Ultimate Lucha, Lucha Two. Yeah. But it was uh, I was like we had to cancel because like this the last two weeks have been crazy here. Plus mm-hmm. it's like. Okay, setting up tri- travel to L.A., all that stuff, just for a not even guaranteed spot. That's mm-hmm. a bit too much. Maybe in the second season it's or third season. It's a long way season. to Boyle Heights, man. Yeah. Well, it, then I was jealous of people who live in Austin, Texas, because they had a, like a Lucha Underground uh, viewing party in Austin, because I think that's where I'd always, I, I believe that's where like Robert Rodriguez has works on uh, his film and his base of operations is, even though they film in L.A. because that's where television production yeah, happens. Makes sense. But uh, it's been a hot. It was a hot week in wrestling. Yeah. Not so much on Raw, which was trash. But uh, I wasn't. I you know what? I liked. I liked the wrestling on it more than I did in most weeks. I think like the Ziggler Owens match was good. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the Kalisto Rusev I liked. I liked both those matches in that neither of them were. I know who's going to win this. It's uh-huh. kind of written in stone. Uh, Rusev, like as much as he's dropped from last year, where he was at riding a tank at WrestleMania, and I doubt he'll be doing that this year. <laughs> I doubt he'll have a singles match at WrestleMania. But he didn't get pinned by Kalisto. Like he, he had that countout loss that he got to Jack Swagger a year ago. So yeah. it's like they're still keeping him so much strong, and I like I guess. that. Well, uh, meanwhile, Ziggler and Owens are great together, yeah. but there's just something about like I just hate seeing Owens lose. He, I, yeah, but this is a reverse. I mean, it, this fifty fifty booking, which is which sucks is awful. And, but I, I, I thought it was a great match, and if yeah. it builds it to a rivalry between between those two, and no, they get to do I something mean, bigger at Fastlane, I'm all for that. One of my favorite things in wrestling storytelling, and it's yeah. something especially Paul Heyman was great yeah. at that it, the telling the story of victory in defeat yeah. of that having both guys do so well and have yeah. such a great match that even though one person had to lose and it wasn't a screwy finish. You still respect the other person yeah. and thought they did well. Like, that's uh, Redacted did that yeah. in 2003 at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. He lost to Kurt Angle in a clean loss. Like, Kurt Angle didn't really cheat yeah. in it. And people still applauded him. They're like, you know what? You did great. Yeah. We didn't think you could even possibly win a world championship, but you wrestled your heart out there yeah. and Redacted. You can do that. But what bothers me about it isn't the 50 50 booking, which bothers me that it tells me from a writing standpoint 
they don't have real plans for Owens because if they had like solid WrestleMania plans for Owens, they would say you don't lose, like you uh. don't lose till WrestleMania. Because meanwhile, uh, the counterpoint to that is Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt yeah. is clearly doing something with Brock Lesnar. And that's why Bray Wyatt hasn't been pinned in a while. Because it has to be a guy you think could be Brock Lesnar. Even yeah. though he won't. Bray never wins his, his big matches. And meanwhile, when Kevin loses, that just tells me that nobody behind... Yeah. Vince isn't going behind the scenes saying, He can't lose this week. He's got to look strong to face Yeah, I think the WWE never has the ability to focus on more than like six people this far away from WrestleMania. Yes, like, yeah. And, like, after Fastlane, yeah. I worry it'll just be like last year, where after WWE Fastlane yeah. TM, that they'll they'll just say, yeah, these six guys are great, just put yeah. them in a ladder match, just whatever. Yeah. These guys are too good for the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, yeah. or the armbar. I want to see, like, he, I think he mentioned it on Unfiltered, or one of one of the WWE Network shows, but, Dol- like, Dolph Ziggler's been in the WWE for like six or seven years, and he still hasn't had a one-on-one WrestleMania match. He's always oh, in. Wow. So he's in a ladder match Ouch. or a, the battle royal. Yeah, in the, the well, worst I think, case, I think that or a multi-tag match or yeah. whatever. It's just it's a sad with Snooky. It's I a sad. <laughs> it's a sad fact of how few people ever get a one-on-one WrestleMania match. Like yeah. it, just to have a one-on-one WrestleMania match is very marquee, yeah. but and then to have one without a part timer, mm-hmm. I think yeah, like Randy and it's... Seth and uh, G- Cena and Rusev were the only ones last year that were yeah. one-on-ones without a part timer. Dang, but uh, but also on Raw that like I think Brock Lesnar is not as cool as he used to be. Yeah, I did like the Paul Heyman's on commentary. He mm-hmm. should always be on commentary. That's. That's a nice little tr- yeah. treat. I love when they do guest commentaries. One of my favorite times they ever did it was when Jesse Ventura <laughs> was uh, yeah. pro- it was his return to Raw, return yeah. to WWE after a very contentious relationship with Mr. McMahon. And he's promoting his stupid um, conspiracy, conspiracy yeah. show. And then he has a great moment. He's like, you know what, McMahon? Put on your bow tie. Me and you are calling a match. <laughs> nice. And that's... That's just beautiful. I love yeah. that moment. So I like when stuff like that happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at the just the listing of matches and like, well, I can't even remember what Brock did, which is kind of a bad sign. And the like, opening of the show, he he's like, I'm super tough. Oh right. Uh, yeah. uh, Paul Heyman's like, this guy's super tough, and nobody can beat him. Dean Ambrose comes out and says, "You're not as tough as me, Dean Ambrose." Mm. Uh, Brock does the classic walk away. Yeah. Which will tell you he will F5 a dude at the end of the show, which yeah. is what he did. Eh. Yeah, and again, it's like uh, the main event is uh, the New Day against the guys that you're positioning as the two big faces for the next pay-per-view. And it's like, you should realize at this point that people aren't going to follow mm-hmm. that that structure. And the New Day are almost as, they're probably more over than Ambrose and Reigns are at this point. The Ambrose some, and Reigns combined love is, because Reigns kind of pulls down Ambrose. Yeah. Well, I would say Ambrose is above New Day. But if you're yeah. asking people to cheer for Ambrose and Reigns at the same time, yeah. not equal to New Day. Yeah. Brings down the average. But then again, Dave, mm-hmm. who else are they going to wrestle in the tag match at the end of a show? The League of Losers are yeah. mostly hurt. Sheamus is in a cast. <laughs> uh, uh, I think they're giving they're giving Del Rio a little bit of a break because he's got a yeah. hurt back, but it's not that hurt. Wade Barrett, I am guessing, has a concussion, mm-hmm. and that's why they're not having anyone touch him. And Rusev, like, Rusev can't wrestle every match, That's you true. know? Yeah. Which, by the way, Kalisto rematch with Alberto at Fastlane, it's just like, 
You guys did this. You wrestled yeah. three and he won two. He's so, just yeah. have him face somebody I, else. I totally thought they were going to have like the, okay, you get a rematch on SmackDown. And then yeah. we'll, we'll cycle into the next and story. And he'll face yeah. Neville or, yeah. or Owens. Just have Owens take it and have him say, you know what? That, I don't want that smelly old yeah. IC title anymore. I want the United mm-hmm. States Championship. Add it to my resume. Mm-hmm. Fuck the world. Same with like AJ. AJ Styles did well. But beating Mm -hmm. The Miz is not too big an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he lost to The Miz, that would be even worse. But He also beat Curtis Axel, so drag him up. And uh, I also don't like... This was pointed out in the Uproxx thing, but it's something they do every time, a million times. When they have a new guy show up who is not tall Mm -hmm. or has a weird accent, Mm -hmm. instead of trying to hide that... They have a jerk like Miz yeah. say all the things Vince McMahon probably said behind the scenes. Like, this guy's not tall and listen to his accent. Yeah. He sounds like a hillbilly. Hey, write that for yeah. Miz to say. He should say that to him. I did like the the Miz just constantly like, tell me about this part of your career and then I'll tell you about it. Miz being a dick is I heard a funny joke funny. about the Miz recently that uh, Miz always says, I made him in at WrestleMania yeah. to talk out of Gradius. And then somebody else said... Miz, you're the only person who has to remind people they made him into yeah. WrestleMania. Other people remember that. Mm-hmm. For other wrestlers, yeah. you, that's a memorable stat. So let's move on to the other shows of the week. NXT this week, the Finn Balor-Apollo Crews rematch. That was another instance where I thought, like, I don't know who was winning this. Yeah, uh, I did like that. And, I mean, that that's better than anything else. Like, that's what makes me more interested in wrestling. Like, if it's two great wrestlers that are going against each other, that's good. But if it's predetermined that... Yeah, now yeah. if it was a title match, yeah. I would know. But yeah. because it wasn't, it wasn't. But, uh, yeah, I liked the story. And they tell yeah. a great... It reminded me of old SmackDown and something they don't do very well on Raw, which yeah. is just like... We're telling a story this episode, mm-hmm. and they start they start the beginning with almost like a, a pay per view mm-hmm. level promo package yeah. of Apollo saying, "I lost to you at, mm-hmm. at, uh, before, or I didn't get my world championship shot. Got to prove it to myself." Mm-hmm. And it's just a great little story they build up over the hour. The match still, just like their last one, felt like this is half of what you could do. Mm-hmm. You guys could really do it, though. I also like the storytelling. I was trying to get a feel of where Finn is mm-hmm. on the good guy, bad guy side yeah. because I think he's batting it up quite a bit. He, I mean, he spent half the match in a headlock. Like he uh, was the yeah. guy doing the headlocks, which is not technically a good guy thing. Mm-hmm. And he's throwing up the uh, the two yeah. feet all over the place. And his new shorts with the Finn, Finn, Finn written on it, black and white are the colors, baby. Mm-hmm. And that's the colors of the Bullet Club and the Baylor Club. Yeah. So. As much as I think Carl Anderson is ready and doesn't need to go to NXT, mm-hmm. and while meanwhile Doc Gallows is a totally fine mm. wrestler and could mm-hmm. beat me up, and <laughs> but is not half the wrestler that even mm-hmm. Carl Anderson is, let alone mm-hmm. let alone Finn and AJ. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I kind of want the two of them to show up in NXT and be yeah. the tough guy bodyguards for Finn. Though Carl Anderson's contract isn't up yet. His is, oh. I believe, they're having a title. We can talk about this yeah. at the end of the show because there's... Oh, actually, no. By next week, there'll be mm-hmm. another special So on at New Japan. But ah. short version is that he has at least... The, the Bullet Club tag team mm-hmm. has at least one more tag title mm-hmm. an opportunity in New Japan. Uh. Probably when that's over, that's when Carl Anderson will come. Luke Gallows could mm-hmm. actually come back whenever he felt like it. He, apparently, he's not under, still under a contract with New Japan, but I think they're just finishing it together. Mm-hmm. Also, in this in that episode of NXT, I was a little disappointed. They had a couple weeks worth of promos for uh, the VOD villains, 
And I thought like they were slightly meaner, but I expected mm-hmm. more of like like a shift. If you're having these like I mean, ominous promos, bad stuff. Yeah, they were cheatery. Yeah, but like they were that before. Like if I you're guess. if you're if you're making these promos showing that they're becoming more evil, like something different about it. Like their intros the same. They grabbed people's legs. Uh, they were sneering. Like they're still silly. Yeah. That's the thing. They're still silly, it, but they're just yeah. evil now. It would be fine on its own, but the fact that you had to have promo videos to hype this like slight, slight I mean, personality. I like, mean, their three months of hit, of face turn wasn't that great. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Wasn't that mm-hmm. great. And looking back on it, if I could rewrite history, mm-hmm. I would just have had Kaz and Enzo win the title when they yeah. did. And because I don't know where Kaz and Enzo fits in here because it's feeling pretty, unless, yeah. uh, who knows with NXT because they don't always go the obvious way. But it's feeling pretty obvious that American Alpha is going to win, mm-hmm. is going to challenge Dash and Dawson at the next takeover, not yeah. Enzo and Kaz. They are all like New Day level heels where it's like these guys are basically de facto faces, but because, I don't know, like their basic personality, you're supposed to consider them heels. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd like, I mean, I think by the time April rolls around, they could easily just be switched to, like, these are two Kurt Angles, and they're great, so... Oh, yeah, American Alpha, they're so great. But uh, meanwhile, with the Vaude villains, I forgot just how pale Aiden Mm -hmm. English was. And also seeing him in the ring with the Hype Bros also made me see, like, you're really skinny. Like, you're really skinny and pale, Aiden English. But I love Aiden English because I knew him first... As a caller on my, one of my favorite call-in uh. radio shows, The Best Show. And he just <laughs> called in was like, hey, I'm an indie wrestler. Mm-hmm. I love the show. Could you give me a name? And then to the host called him like, how about Dumb Goon? How about, <laughs> how about Stupid Dumb Goon? But D-U-M-M. <laughs> and then when he went to NXT, he's like, sorry, Tom, I can't yeah. call myself Dumb Goon. But, you uh, should use I mean, that as an insult, though, just to like call back. <laughs> you Dumb Goon. <laughs> Uh, I also Corey. Okay, I think Corey Graves mm-hmm. and Todd Phillips are the best uh, announced team combo NXT's ever had. I yeah. think they are. So I miss Matt Bloom on it, but I think they're better than any. I, I haven't I don't heard Mara Ronaldo. I should. Yeah, he's I, good. But I, I like th- hearing that yeah. that uh, Lawler is healing off. Yeah, on on SmackDown again. But yeah, that Corey is mean <laughs> the whole time. And calling Todd Phillips a dweeb. Yeah. And then Todd, instead of like getting too defensive about it, he's like, what do you mean that? Like, <laughs> I thought, you're, yeah. you're my friend. <laughs> Shut up, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite bit was when Corey yeah. was constantly making fun of the bright green mm. Hype Bros yeah. gear, calling him Slimer. Like mm-hmm. He would call Mojo Raleigh Slimer, which was so great. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a good promo by Enzo. Like they had this, yeah. they had a no, a nothing match, but a really good promo mm. beforehand. Classic which, squash. Yeah, but it also like that was the kind of promo where it's like this, you guys are ready for Raw. What do the new? What does the new day do at WrestleMania? Yeah, like, they. Well, would, I mean, I guess I guess they'll just face the Usos, yeah. Dudleys, and um, who else is yeah. it being used? I mean, the Matadors, but that'd yeah. be awful. Mm. Who else? Like, no, the Matadors don't exist. They haven't been on TV yeah. in a long Except time. Except in WWE 2K16. They but, were just oh, released as DLC. So, yeah, do they, is there a fourth tag team for the classic tag yeah. team four-way? I don't think so. Unless the Bullet Club shows yeah. up. But, uh, yeah, so, boy, they do need to call up Enzo yeah. and Kaz. And they... Just, you know, have them. It'll be sad that they'll go down as the tag team mm-hmm. that never won the NXT tag titles while all these other lesser tag teams got it. The Dash and Dawson are growing on me as mm-hmm. old school a-holes. Mm-hmm. Like, just when they, they clink together their, yeah. their tag titles, that's so great. I do like that, but it makes the belt sound cheap. Like, yeah. you just hear the plastic slapping plastic. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, the, also, Asuka and Carmella. Asuka. Asuka. 
She had a match against Santana Garrett. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I like the. Uh, it was weird that is the, she on the, breaking the, ground. Is she Oscar? No, no, no. Well, she is, but no, I mean Santana. Oh no, no, no. Okay, Santana's just one of the job yeah. ladies. The, the, like in general, throughout the entire show, the, the crowd was weirdly silent. I wonder if they yeah. know like this is like they're going to start doing other tapings in Florida. Like, well, this could also have been their third hour. Could, that's I've true. seen that pointed out in reports before. That just like they recorded four, three or four in a row. They're yeah. just they're simply tired. Yeah, and seeing Oscar squash somebody like. You just kind of want to see Asuka progress, mm-hmm. but, well, oh, by the way, Asuka, mm-hmm. I love following mm-hmm. you on Twitter. She shares a bunch of great stuff, but when somebody made graphics mm-hmm. for the NXT TakeOver show oh. with all the with the three marquee matches Ooh. and shared it with her, she, she then retweeted it. <laughs> I was like, that's a spoiler! That's a, one of the first things I do when I follow a wrestler. I will almost always turn off retweets. Because oh, a lot of them just get on like, oh, here's a... I'm, I'm at the airport. I'm just going to get on a bender of retweeting all of these cool all things. All the people fans. that love me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Asuka was fine. It was just yeah. to remind you that Asuka was good. And same, Carmella's match was just to tell you, Carmella could win a match. Yeah. Like, though Emma has kind of become the cane of the NXT women's division yeah. where they're just like... No way, man. Emma, she's great. She's mm-hmm. awesome. She lost. How'd Chilling, she do yeah. that? Like, nobody beats her. <laughs> it's weird that, like, Car- Carmella is... I think she's being kind of set up as, like, oh, this will be the one time that Bailey has a challenger for her belt and they don't turn against her. Mm-hmm. Or, like, because that's, like, every every one of her friends has turned against her. But I'm like, this would be the one friend I wouldn't mind because she, I don't think Carmella was as over, like, right now as, no. like, Charlotte was or Sasha no was. Way. And is uh-huh. like, I guess in, real- in reality it makes more sense because, like, on breaking grounds, you see how great how great friends they are. But it's like, yeah, Carmella is. I remember for a long time she was like the peop, the the person like, oh, she's just hanging around with uh, Enzo and Cass and it's kind of like siphoning off their heat. Mm. But I'm still concerned that it feels like Bailey is just. They're kind of just checking all the boxes. Like, yeah. well, Bailey should have a title match against yeah. this person. Title match yeah. against this person before before the Raw after yeah. WrestleMania. Which, but. If she arrives there, like, I could totally see whatever <clears throat> happens in the Divas Championship at Mania, mm-hmm. then Bailey challenges whomever is in that. Or they just go like, yeah. and now it's all four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. Kabamo! Say goodbye to all yeah. the shitty Divas and just watch my Total Divas and be done with it. But, so, are you upset? I, like, one of the things that happened on Raw was that Brie Bella beat uh, Charlotte, and that's what they're <sighs> going to be building to for Fastlane. Them and Fastlane, I, because it's a it's an off month pay per view, and you don't want to. I mean, it's weird. The weird thing is about Fastlane is like you can't start something at Fastlane with a rare exception that mm-hmm. continues in the WrestleMania because you want fresh matches at WrestleMania. Well. Cena, yeah. Cena, um, Rusev is the only match I remember that went from Fastlane to WrestleMania because everything yeah, else seems to be like it's a tough balance. It really don't, yeah. is. Well, especially with divas, never mm. get to have one on ones. Like honestly, yeah. they should be happy they even get to defend the divas championship at Mania. Yeah. I'm assuming. I would, I would assume so this but year at least. Honestly, no offense to Becky. Yeah. Sasha versus Charlotte is yeah. a main, like that's a WrestleMania match. Just yeah. those two, but. Definitely getting the feel, especially after this Raw, mm-hmm. that it's going to be a triple threat. And that'll be fine. They've had, I mean, their four-way with Bailey, mm-hmm. amazing match. Great match. So they can do a triple threat, and they can also, like, break barriers by having the first great triple yeah. threat Divas match ever. And they can even just dump the Divas. I That was something I loved seeing on NXT. Mm-hmm. I just noticed it again. They say, this match is in the women's division. Yeah. Like, didn't say Diva goddamn once. <laughs> I love that. I love it, Maggle. All right. Uh, By the way, that team bad breakup. Ugh. I wait. Did that happen? Well, I think, on Raw? Yeah, on Raw. Uh, 
like Sasha came right, out and said, yes, "Oh, we shouldn't be together anymore." But no hard feelings. They're like, "Yeah, no hard feelings," and then they attack her, and it was yeah. just like, "Could you just to pretend?" Like this is one of the rare times yeah. I, I I thought I didn't need this story yeah. told. Like I didn't need this answer. Yeah, let's all just agree to pretend Team Bad never happened because mm-hmm. it was not good. Mm-hmm. It was bad. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling will return after these messages. Welcome to the break for Cheap Podcast episode number seventy. Uh, wouldn't you know it? Uh, just like last time, uh, as we were recording, another news story broke. Uh, so you won't hear about this in the second segment. But as we were recording, we learned that uh, Axel Rotten, an ECW wrestler who, who spent a number of years there, uh, just passed away. And a little bit of a spoiler: we talk about uh, Bret Hart's condition in the next segment. So it's again uh, very sad to see a lot of the stars that wrestled uh, when you know. Hank and I were, were wrestling fans. Uh, it's sad to see some of them go and uh, their their health decline. Uh, that being said, I didn't follow ECW all that much uh, during the you know mid to late 90s. So if you want to leave a comment about some of his better matches uh, that are accessible in the WWE Network, I'd love to check them out. So uh, I'd appreciate that in the, in the comments or on Twitter. Uh, any chatter about that would be great. But beyond that, uh, let me remind you that Cheap Popcast does a bi-weekly wrestling commentary on Laser Time's Patreon. Uh, our first match that we did uh, is actually available on uh, LaserTimePodcast.com. Just click on the Cheap Popcast tab at the top of the page, and uh, it'll be right there near the top of the of the Cheap Popcast section. Uh, had a ton of fun doing that one, and I had a great time doing the most recent one, which was a. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. That's only for Patreon subscribers at the $10 and up level. But, uh, yeah, we do this every other week, and it's a ton of fun, and and I make it super easy for you to keep along with the action. So uh, let me know what matches you'd like to see next, and I'd do my best to work on them. Uh, you know, we've got WrestleMania on the horizon, and uh, i got a bug to do more Royal Rumble matches. So uh, I'd love to see where you want to, that to go next. That being said, let's get back to the rest of this Cheap Podcast. And now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Uh, let's move on to Lucha Underground. Lucha, yeah. Lucha, that was great. Great yeah. episode of TV, man. Uh, the, I mean, the one thing that I didn't like about the episode is that you got the the trios champions are like losing a handicap match. That yeah. it, it is against the like the two against biggest two world champions. Yeah, like that's what they're losing to. But could you not pick three other people besides the disciples like, of death? Suck. Dave. Yeah, just but they, of, like they're yeah. they're as scary as uh, um, Shawn Michaels yeah. knights in the, yeah. in that one match. They're like, like they're like the Foot Clan of of Lucha exactly. Underground. But they, they just put masks on dudes, jobbers, and said 
They just get I cool guess, yeah. because they're sidekicks to yeah. Mil Mortis, but my, they're not built my up. My bigger issue is that they won the trio's title. Did they even have him on that episode? I can't even... They wore him to the ring. Okay. Yeah. Also, what bothered me when they entered, rewatch it, yeah. they get in their cool pose, yeah. but the third one doesn't take his hood back like the other two, Uh-oh. but it's not a storytelling yeah. point that he doesn't. And that just bugged me. Same with like... Two of them are shirtless, and one is wearing a shirt, which feels mm-hmm. like he was just like, my body's not as good <laughs> as it should be. Yeah. From the beginning, Morrison and Cage, that mm-hmm. looked awesome. Like, yeah. Morrison versus Bullseye. Like, Killshot. Killshot. Sorry. <laughs> Killshot's okay. I like they point out that he's lanky, and yeah. when you look at him, you're like, yep, you'd never, you'll never be in WWE. Mm-hmm. You need to gain about 80 pounds of muscle. Yeah. And then, and then 80 pounds of muscle shows up in Cage. Yeah. He's the opposite of just like, that body is cannot be natural. Oh, yeah. I'll just say that, which is, hey, if that's what Cage wants yeah. to do. But I, that's part of him. He's like, I'm a machine. I am Swolverine. I'm yeah. a monster. That was another slightly low point of Lucha Underground. It's like, this is almost, it's approaching WWE level. Like, I'm talking to you from the ring. You're a jerk butt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I want to challenge you. Well, I just I, it, yeah. like when the backstage scenes are so great. It's like why? It was very why traditional tell, story. Yeah, though. why tell any story like but with doing microphones? I mean, I love that everybody can shout at Mil Mortes from his throne. Yeah, and that's they, cool. He just kind of like stares at them. I'm trying to like get the. That would have been awesome to yeah. be there for the show to see Mil Mortes just sitting throughout the entire show yeah. and then when he gets up you're like oh shit he's getting up yeah but mill uh, sorry mundo and cage is an interesting you know thing to set mm-hmm. up were you sad as in uh justin gabriel fan to see him uh well, he was good in wwe but like first of all i know i totally love that result because the mac is like probably in my, he's mac. like in my top five lucha underground people i love the mac and yeah. i was like oh, they're putting him out to lose again like i love that he won uh, with a stunner because yes. probably a reference to stone cold like mm. uh, he oh, did that stunner right. at uh, the uh, ultima lucha didn't win them the match that's even right. with beer yeah like the fact that he won it's also like this guy it's his first match mm-hmm. it he looked good in the process and you don't it's you know, a town that's been around, under, yeah, for for months. You shouldn't like sacrifice him to make this guy look good. The in his rules debut in Lucha Underground aren't the same. Yeah. like in WWE, if you lose your first match, your premier match, like nobody loses their premier match. You're even, a job. Even Tyler Breeze didn't. Even Tyler Breeze, <laughs> Fandango, mm. Adam Rose, you all get to win yeah. your first few matches. They're for Fandango's uh, yeah. first match. <laughs> uh, even all those guys. But meanwhile, when PJ Black shows up, like yeah. he loses first match, but two. Will to the Mac, who is amazing. I yeah. love the Mac that he flies. He's just this fat guy. Not fat, but he's a pudgy, yeah. bulky dude with a crazy face. Like, super emotive face. I yeah. love his face. And and then he can fly around when he feels like it. Mm-hmm. And on top of that... Uh, so, did you catch that Vampiro seemed to be messing with Stryker during that one? Where he kept saying, like, oh, Black did this, Black did this. And then mm-hmm. he's like... Maybe you should call him Darewolf, man. Yeah. Because like, uh, he's facing a black guy. <laughs> Maybe yeah. just call him Darewolf. I'm calling him Darewolf. Yeah. I I almost thought like, oh, it would be great if they tagged and were Black and Mac or something. But then black it's and like, Mac. I like that. Then you could kind of get into some weird uh, storylines with that. So like, mm-hmm. eh, you know. Though he's South Mac. African. He's not yeah. even... Though that also... That brings race into a whole another yeah. thing when you're a South African. Uh, it's, it's complicated. Yes. Uh, he but, should team up with Angelico, the other yeah. South African. Um, I was just amazed that, like, Justin Gabriel was good in WWE, but, like, never had a interesting story or anything driving no. him. It was just like, oh, he's in a tag team with Texan Kid, and they're both fast, and that should be fun, right? 
But this is like you could give anybody like that. That's the like the miracle of Lucha Underground is they could take anybody, like even some super boring dudes, uh, and just give them a slight backstory and make something interesting. Like Remember Hernandez Golden, yeah. was kind of crap for a lot of the first season, Hell but yeah. but like just the backstage stuff made him look slightly more interesting. Or like mm. Ezekiel Jackson was a dud in wwe and yeah, yeah. the backstage big segments rick, man yeah, they made him look awesome well and in the ring big rick was pretty awesome yeah. too like i loved him in his like uh ladder match yeah. but he then he brought in his cousin who was way better than him yeah that was too bad yeah him. yeah so that's all of the uh results for the week i am really looking forward yeah. to pentagon jr and, yeah. and, and prince puma like that is a top level match right there i'm uh, really looking forward to that got a couple little news things to go through first of all lucha underground season three as i mentioned at the beginning yeah. has been confirmed for season three so still gives me an opportunity to Sunday go see a show knock mm-hmm. on wood yeah I mean like I'm surprised that they announced it that quickly I guess like the week one ratings kind of deal where it's like yeah, they so. started out well let's just keep doing it and I think they taped it I mean they just finished taping so they could literally start taping again with people like local still and yeah, all that. Yeah, they could while they did, but they also could give the guys a little break maybe yeah. and just rest up. But the way they can film it all together, it's, it's, I said it last time, but it, I, I could see the results if I wanted, but yeah. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see this storytelling extend. Uh, I really regret that we missed this by mere minutes last time we recorded, but Vivid uh, oh, announced Jesus. and uh, put out a trailer for. A porno. I don't know what it's called exactly. Coming Sun- up, su- sunny side up. Sunny side up and through the back door. I think. Uh, so Ooh. again, you know exactly what you get with it. Trailer looked okay. I was not going to watch that. <laughs> Tammy Cinch. Cinch. Yeah. She has had a very hard life. Yeah. Uh, she was the first ever diva and mm-hmm. absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't think somebody should get in trouble for doing porn. Like yeah. I think, I think especially with Triple H in China, like mm-hmm. he's being. Way too, way too careful to say. Well, she's done pornography. Like it's a weird double. Cares, it's man. a weird she's double a standard up. where like, it's like, well, you have a guy on trial for murder in yes. the Hall of Fame. You got a guy who's been like disavowed by the company because he used racist terms on a fuck tape. Yeah, it was it, weird. But then you follow that up with, yeah, but she's been in porn. Like yeah. China's been in porn, and then you've got Sonny who had, got inducted deservedly so. Mm-hmm. And was already doing some things mm-hmm. that were borderline yeah. porn. And now she's just like, yeah, I'll just make a porn. And and also good on her because, like, yeah. this is kind of her when two, three years from now, mm-hmm. will they want to pay her the same? Like, she's got to, if she's going to make money off of her looks, like, yeah. now's the time to do it. Yeah. And I don't begrudge her that. I think uh, I do begrudge her using the N word and starting talking about all lives yeah. matter on Twitter. <laughs> That wasn't so great. Mm-hmm. That's more. That's much more upsetting to me than yeah. her uh, starring in porno. I, will, I never want to watch that. I think she only worked with white guys in that movie. If mm-hmm. uh, I, well, and then she also proposed to doing mm-hmm. a porno with China. Yeah. You, China's the level-headed that, one. Yeah. yeah, that should tell you something. <laughs> well, China's trying. I also read yeah. a separate story that China's trying to improve her thing, which is just like. Good luck on that, China. I yeah. think you have about five years of charity and sainthood mm-hmm. before they go like, well, yeah. okay. I guess it is like it. It only took like uh, Jake the Snake like a year and a half or two years. Mm-hmm. Scott but Hall it, the same, but I guess it's with, with women. Needed, it's a it's, it is yeah. very different with women, yeah. especially women who yeah. were in a relationship with a guy who used to own the company and who said a lot of shit about Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Well, Speaking of saying shit about Stephanie McMahon, oh. uh, so on Raw, Stephanie brought up like, oh, Dean, you don't want to be the Marty Jannetty of The Shield, do you? Oh. And Marty Jannetty actually replied to that comment on Raw, uh, basically saying like, 
actually, his actual comment was deleted off of uh, Instagram, but it was something along the lines of, like, uh, are those kids even yours? Ooh. That level of, like, Ooh. like she used an insult that has been said on WWE TV Everybody before. has called the loser of a tag team yeah. the Marty Jannetty. It's been used a million yeah. times. I mean, she, I understand, like, it, like... I, I don't know. But, I wouldn't go that far, but, but like... Janetti could get personal without bringing her children into yeah, it. Like, exactly. that's a whole nother line to cross. It's a total that escalated quickly meeting yeah, situations. Like, yeah, exactly. They, say anything else. Like, your dad has given you every opportunity. Like, yeah, you that's, say, you, you know. never earned an opportunity in your life. Yeah. The, or you could say, The Rock was right when mm-hmm. he said you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a Johnson that was yeah, on yeah. McMahon. Uh-huh. Which was the greatest comeback ever. And yeah. it totally is. Like... Stephanie McMahon would not... She does her best, I think, but she's also... I think she's one of the most hateable mm-hmm. villains they have, but behind the scenes, she doesn't seem to be that great. Mm-hmm. And I think that she totally would not be somebody hired. Like, mm-hmm. she, you wouldn't hire her, but she just moved up in the world. And I think Shane had a better head on his shoulders than she did. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I probably shouldn't have saved this one for last, because it's the saddest. Bret Hart recently uh, revealed it as... Uh, pancreatic cancer. No, no, Wait, no, prostate, no, no. Prostate, prostate cancer. cancer. Sorry, that is a there is a better success yeah. rate with that than the other. So, best of luck to the hitman. Yeah. It was a real bummer to read. Just that he's as you get old, this just happens to older wrestlers and to older men in yeah. general. And just cancer, mm-hmm. cancer is the worst. Uh, but that the poor Hart family just goes through yeah. so much. And that this was coming right on the heels of Brett. Saying like, "Yep, Owen's not going in the Hall of Fame this year." Mm-hmm. You would think that because they put out the DVD, yeah. it'd be happening. And then he says, "Well, it's because of Martha mm-hmm. Hart being of what." And then mm-hmm. it's just like, "Ugh, this mudslinging." Yeah. I never would have expected in in 2000 when I was reading the stuff Brett was mm-hmm. saying about Owen Hart. Yeah. I never would have thought that by 2016 I'd be seeing Brett Hart say the WWE's right and his his widow is a is mm-hmm. is is, a, is ruining his legacy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a bummer, man. Yeah. It's a bummer, but I, it was nice to see all the well wishes I for can, Brett. Yeah, just like on Twitter, like people that don't follow wrestling all that much just mm-hmm. coming like, "Wow, Bret Hart has cancer. That's so sad." People who have like been away from the wrestling fold, like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. So, yeah, and sometimes you forget that Bret Hart had the impact yeah. he had because he wasn't in the Attitude Era. The only thing that WWE really likes to talk about him with is just the, his last night at the company yeah. and how WCW couldn't do him right. Mm-hmm. Not talking about all his great matches and just the him, him carrying the company during an awful, mm-hmm. awful period. Yeah. And him, him and the Click being the only yeah. good wrestlers in the entire company for a while. Uh, let's move on to the question of the week. Last week's question of the week was, assuming he or she would be booked correctly, which remaining never-before-in-WWE competitor would you like to see signed to WWE? Mm. Uh, Ivana Cramp My Pants started off strong with uh, the biggest WCW name to never be in WWE for a proper run. Yes, that's right. I'm holding out hope for a Stevie Ray appearance. <laughs> it would be nice yeah. just to see him tag with Booker mm-hmm. one, one time. Uh, and he still wrestles occasionally. Tranquilbez replied... I know she's now a trainer in the Performance Center and retired, but I would like to see Sarah Del Rey have at least one match in WWE. It can be one of those teacher-student matches where she fights someone like Bailey or Sasha Banks. I think that could be neat. It would be it would be kind of like how uh, when NXT was a little younger, yeah. William Regal would wrestle yeah. guys occasionally. I mean, it's not completely out of the equation. Like I was just watching some old WrestleManias, and like Finley is was like a backstage dude for years before <laughs> they he had that run with Hornswoggle. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm Finley. I love yeah. to fight. 
Ninja Emperor says the wrestler I most want to see to w- sign to WWE right now is Will Ospreay. He's an amazing ah. up and coming high flyer from the UK and he's gaining a ton of notoriety. His debut match with Mark Andrews at PWG Bola last year was one of the most the most fun under 15 minute matches I've ever seen and apparently he also recently had an early match of the year candidate with Marty Skrull, another UK indie guy. Uh, he's also only 23, so he has plenty of room to grow. Also, Dave Metzler uh, re- revealed that Osprey has been signed to New Japan. Hopefully, working in Japan will get him to an even higher level than he has than he is at now, and he should be able to have some great matches with the guys over there. No, I'm very excited to see him in New Japan. New Japan is entering a new blood era. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just as a quick aside, the Shinsuke Nakamura had his final mm-hmm. match. It was amazing to watch. Like, it was just a simple triple threat, but it was with. The six guys who yeah. mean the most to him in the company. Ishii, Okada, mm-hmm. uh, Tanahashi, uh. Shibata, oh, and Hiroki Goto. Like, guys he either wrestled a ton. Yeah. Shibata, like, especially Shibata and Tanahashi mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Nakamura were the three musketeers of mm-hmm. of New Japan. When New Japan entered the 2000s, they're like, these are the three guys who yeah. are going to bring us to the future. And so to have all of them in the ring, Okada is like crying yeah. at the farewell, just tears streaming down his face. But now they've got so much chance for new blood. Like Tanahashi is now going to face Kenny Omega mm-hmm. for the IC Championship. Kenny Omega has moved up to heavyweights. Yeah. And now you know, smaller guys like Will Ospreay can come up, and it's it's exciting. Cool. It's exciting. Uh, Monty Data said, uh, "Jay Lethal, that is all, aka the Black Machismo. He's good. <laughs> he's he, he's real good. But I just he feels like just warmed yeah. over. This get him up there while Rick Flair's still around because he yeah. did a great <laughs> imitation with him. They too. were great. They were great. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai says, "I know this one is basically impossible now, but I'll go with Nigel McGuinness. He actually had a contract in place in 2009, but failed a physical screening and went to TNA instead. Uh, after a decent feud with Kurt Angle, he got lost in the shuffle. Thanks, Hulk Hogan." And eventually left TNA after testing positive for hepatitis B. Yeah. It's a shame that such great talent had such bad luck. And yes, Nigel McGuinness is basically impossible. Daniel Bryan, yeah. Dave, you read the book. Yeah. Mentioned it is in his book that yeah. him and Nigel got signed at the same time. And then Nigel couldn't clear the doctor stuff, man. That's it's... another like Hall of Fame guy that's like got sketchy credentials. Uh, what's his name with the big divots in his head? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah, who has given a ton <laughs> of wrestlers hepatitis. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there was a great tweet I saw. Jim Ross, who mm-hmm. is now about to call matches in New Japan, was just at the same place as Nakamura on his way to mm-hmm. WWE. And they're just like, they took a picture together. It was huh. so crazy. <laughs> them, them passing in the night like that. Type 40 Comics said, I'll say either the Neon Ninja facade, the Peacock of professional wrestling, Dalton Castle, or the Justin Bieber of wrestling, Dylan Bostic. All three are great indie wrestlers that have had the privilege, I have had the privilege of seeing live on multiple occasions. Castle currently wrestles for Ring of Honor, and Bostic did audition for the most recent season of Tough Enough. Uh, Unicorn Horn says, At this point, the biggest indie darling to bring in and debut would have to be uh, Kazuchika Okada. Mm-hmm. Having seen him live on multiple occasions before he was the Rainmaker, he has all the charisma and potential to be most likely an Intercontinental Champion, and I don't mean that as a slight. I love the IC belt. Either way, any sort of indie wrestler debuting with some fanfare makes me a happy wrestling fan. Now they just need to put the big belt on Owens, 
then I'll be entirely content with the WWE. Okada is a great, like, he's over six feet tall, yeah. which is, you know, not common in mm-hmm. New Japan, in J- Japanese wrestlers. He's very, he has tons of yeah. charisma, but I also think he'll never come to America. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be like five years before yeah. he comes to America because uh, just look up what TNA did to yeah. him. Yeah. And you may, as mm-hmm. Okato, <laughs> and you'll realize why he'll yeah. never sign. Uh, my bro from Jacksonville, Florida, Turbo Bison, says, if we are going to actually use the best wrestler, not in WWE, it has to be Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> Seriously, the fact that Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly, for that matter, haven't already been scooped up by WWE or TNA mm-hmm. shows how short-sighted uh, some of these talent relations people are. Adam Cole has been money in CZW, ROH, and PWG, while all the... All the time, not really giving anything, but then evolves into something great. Honestly, if you look at Cole versus O'Reilly from Best in the World 2012, Cole versus Jay Briscoe last year at the anniversary show, or literally any Adam Cole match at PWG, you will learn that he's easily the best wrestler right now that's not on big time weekly TV. Yeah, I've heard that about Adam Cole a bunch that people say, why hasn't, why isn't he in NXT? It doesn't make sense. Uh, Sega Galactico said, I'd love to see Kenny Omega so he could feud with Xavier Woods. That would be fantastic. Oh, well, you got the closest you're going to get to that. Yeah, there. on the uh, Up, Up, Down, Down channel. Uh, Spoonie Knifey said, Matt Seidel, who actually was in WWE, uh, but had a very uneventful run, so no worries on the mix-up there. Yeah, yeah. he was, uh, I mean, uh, he was Evan Bourne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of uh, Air yeah. Boom. Yeah. He had the, a great shooting star press, but uh, reportedly... a lot more. He, I think it was, what was it, weed? That, like, yeah, he, kept he got getting, the yeah. weed thing, and they oh, yeah. were just like, dude, we, we're not going to, we just find people for yeah. weed, but if we keep doing this, we're going to have to suspend you. And he was mm. like, Get, he was like, smoke weed every day, man. Yeah. That's And now, though, I've heard, you know, weed is a very, pun, highly more punished in, in Japan. So I don't know what he's doing when he does his New Japan shows with one Mr. Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Uh, man... Again, this this is a sad uh, way to put the question of the week, but with the Marty Jannetty talk, who is a tag team member who uh, who didn't fare quite as well as his other tag team mm. uh, partner that you uh, wish had had the same level of success? Okay, that's a good one, Dave. Let me see here. Well, I really loved in the mid two thousands the SmackDown superstar tag team of. Mm-hmm. Brian Kendrick and Paul ah. London. I thought they were a great rocker-esque tag mm-hmm. team. And the Brian Kendrick went on to be great, uh, though not... He, he also... He loves yeah. that weed. Uh, but meanwhile, Paul London was just like, and I'm Paul London. <laughs> and he's he's great. And I, I, I'm sure you've seen him in, yeah. you know, shoot tapes that he's mm-hmm. just like such a goof. Yeah. He's like, boo, I'm a goof. Uh, and my backup answer to that would also be just because I watched mm-hmm. his interview this week. Mm-hmm. But Ron Simmons, yeah. a.k.a. Farouk, he never, he could have been a champion in WWE, yeah. like a big time champion. If you looked at the two of them, I've been, I definitely wouldn't have thought JBL would be the yeah. one to be. It was the age difference, I think, mostly. Like yeah. when they got out of that tag team, like JBL was like still mid 30s, and I think, you know, Farouk's pushing 40. Yeah. But so I get it. I get yeah. that. But that, uh, he was the better wrestler yeah. than JBL. And then meanwhile, you hear stories behind the scenes that perhaps JBL has improved now. But mm-hmm. he's, uh, the based on multiple stories, was one of the biggest bullies and a-holes behind mm-hmm. the scenes uh, at that time. Like, such a dick. And that he got like one, he got knocked out mm-hmm. once by Joey Styles. Yeah. Like, Joey Styles <laughs> got a lucky punch on oh, him. Yeah. 
And then everybody, Joey Styles didn't get in trouble because everybody hated JBL. <laughs> Uh, but then again, JBL is so great mm-hmm. at being hated. Like, that's yeah. why he's so good at it. Yes. Dave, I did want to mention real quick that, did you watch the Ron Simmons I did. Thing? I liked it. I, I liked it, too. I love that JBL seems to ask whatever he feels like. Yeah. It feels, doesn't feel very scripted. Mm-hmm. I, I felt slightly uncomfortable when JBL was like, do you think people play the race card too much? That it just felt like one of these things where you have a conservative white dude mm-hmm. ask a black guy to say the things he can't say or else yeah. he'd be called racist. And, and also every, like, they're like, they're like this season on uh, JBL. Oh, that, the, the, yes. There's only two other episodes and they both had to deal with race. It's like, is this mm. what your show's going to be all the time? Well, I don't think that yeah. I, I don't think the PS Michael Hayes yeah. one will deal with race because what is he going to say? Like, is yeah. he going to say like, no, I'm not a racist. Like, you are, man. Yeah. <laughs> you are a racist. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I also got a theory from a friend mm-hmm. thinking that the Booker T thing mm-hmm. It was just so weird that they cut together like weird Booker T. Shot. Hey, what do you think? I mean, what did, what did you think of the Hulk Hogan? Reading the Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. transcript. Then cut to P.S. Michael Hayes. I'm like, this guy said yeah. the shit that Hogan says all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't immediately cut to Hayes. That is weird. And, and the, the friend uh, mentioned that he thinks that this is the soft movement of the forgiveness tour of Hogan. Ah. That they, they all have Booker T say... I didn't uh, like it. Not cool. Yeah. But as a Christian, it's yeah. my belief you forgive people. He says I should. Mm-hmm. I will. <laughs> wasn't good though. Blah, Hulk Hogan, blah, blah. I'm forgiving you. Yeah, I'm forgiving yeah. you. <laughs> I he better mention uh, that actually. He yeah. better say as someone who's called Hulk Hogan the N word. It was funny to hear him say it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say, and I'm glad you didn't take this one. Uh, my default answer for this one is Christian from Edge and Christian. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. I mean, yes. he did have, like, I would say of the lesser tag team partner, he's probably had the most success. Like, yeah. went to TNA, was champion there, had the, you know, the secondary world championship, but still had a world championship run, even though yeah. it was kind of sad. But it was, like... It was a very castrated run, but yeah. it was a run, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I think even when they were tagging together, I kind of gravitated towards him. Like, they were... They were pushing them as brothers, and like back then, I, you know, I think I knew that they weren't brothers, but it's just still like, well, this is the underdog of the team. He's the lesser. Mm-hmm. He's the one that is. He's the end in the uh, in the equation. So he's the most successful Genetti of yeah. Genetti's, I'd say. Uh-huh. I mean, he's way better than Matt Hardy, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I also hate hearing that uh, Vince never liked him and yeah. he thought he was ugly and all this stuff. Just like, man, Vince, why are you judging people's yeah. list, dude? Uh, That's a very good answer. Uh, so I will put the question in the article for this episode, answer in the comments, and we'll read the best ones next week. Uh, that'll do for this episode oh. of Cheap Podcast. Uh, do you have any plugs you'd like to impart? Sure, yeah. There's uh, Well, there was this week's Laser Time where we talk about nerds and the evolution of the nerd through the 80s, 90s, and 00s. And mm. even when they first uh, yeah. the word was coined, it's a really great episode. Dave put it together. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that one. There's Talking Simpsons where we chronologically go through every episode of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. We're in episode 17 of the mm-hmm. second season. Old Money is ah. coming up next. Uh, and uh, then there's Kate Crisis, my comic book podcast. Uh, there's also uh, Vigium Apocalypse, which I helped put together this week uh, and will be up before this because I'm editing both, yeah. where we cover, in honor of Groundhog's Day, characters that emerged from the ground. Oh, boy. And uh, VG Empire this week uh, covered Splatoon, uh, one of the best soundtracks of last year. 
And uh, we also have our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. Lots of great stuff there, including uh, bi-weekly wrestling commentaries. We just put up uh, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns at Fastlane. And if you you aren't a subscriber to our Patreon, it's it's different than our movie commentaries, which you have to, you know, sync up. If you're trying to sync things up. Yeah. This we just do it for you. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for the uh, cheap podcast number episode number seventy. We'll be back next week with more wrestling chatter. Bye. My name is Finley, and I love to fight. <laughs>